Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Megan Burke from Brooklyn, New York with us. She is a work from home feng shui expert. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Megan, and tell everybody what you're doing. Hello, April, and all of your guests. Uh, Thank you so much for this opportunity, April, to share what I feel is valuable information to people who work from home. Uh, And that is the topic of feng shui and how to use feng shui principles to harmonize your work from home office space. Uh, Now that we see that more people are working from home than ever before, I, as a feng shui consultant, felt um, it's really kind of a nudge from the universe uh, to make some kind of offering to help all of these people who maybe have never worked from home before and suddenly finding themselves in this position. Granted, now it's been, you know, about a year and a half, but even so, um, just, you know, uh, bringing this to the general public of people that maybe had never worked from home before. Right. So, and I know that you've been working from home for not, not as long. Um, How did you get into working from home and focusing on this space and what were you doing before? Yeah, good question. So, uh, you know, I, uh, before I mainly worked out in the city, actually, I'm also a foot reflexologist, uh, which is kind of related to feng shui because they're fall under the umbrella of Chinese medicine, Mm -hmm. um, which I can talk a little bit about. Um, And also doing occasional uh, presentations about feng shui to people in their offices and how to help them in their office space, um, at work, out in the office. Uh, But then when the pandemic came, uh, I, like a lot of other people, had sudden shifts and changes. And uh, that is how I got this idea of uh, making this shift for me on how to help people um, with the knowledge that I have. I feel like my office would be a feng shui nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I did interview someone a few weeks ago who was a organization expert. And I told her that I would be organizing my office. Well, we ended up having some sickness in our family and, um, a kiddo who got really ill. It wasn't even COVID. It was something completely unrelated. Um, and I feel like I just kind of haven't pulled myself together again since then. (laughs) So, um, it would be really interesting to me to hear some of the reasons why people might want to consider you know, some of these concepts, uh, and you might have to talk to your audience here as though we don't all understand what feng shui is. So can you kind of break it down into a few steps for us? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. So, you know, I think a lot of people, when they hear the word feng shui, they think, oh, well, if I, uh, move this around or do this or that, uh, my life is going to change. And there's definitely uh, truth to that for sure. Uh, you know, that is one aspect to it. Um, and so now that people are working from home, we see how where you are at your desk is actually creating a huge impact on the work that you're doing. And before when people were going out and working at the office, they weren't really given a choice per se about where they were, uh, seated, but now, uh, being, put back in your house and being told, okay, there's your laptop and uh, keep doing your work. 
uh, what I really saw is an opportunity of, uh, let's see how we can uh, use these basic feng shui principles for people. Uh, to help them feel more in a position of command and power while they're at their desk. And um, so that's, so that's really what I wanted to bring to people. Um, and, but, but looking at what Feng Shui is besides moving furniture, I would uh, maybe start with a simple, uh, Actually, if uh, if we look at holding up a hand, for example, uh, I have my non-dominant hand raised here and it's facing out as if you're saying hello to someone, for example, for those that are listening rather than viewing. So this is uh, this seems very simple, right? We're just kind of like we're waving hello to someone. But actually what this is, is this is a good representation of feng shui and the fact that what we're having is an outward facing with the palm here. And this is a representation of yan energy. And when people think about um, maybe just anywhere where you live in America, if you see a yin and yang symbol, usually it's related to a massage shop or some kind of Chinese medicine. So that's what people might be aware of from uh, yin and yang symbols. But this is an expression of yan energy because it's facing outward. And if we take our other palm uh, for our dominant hand and we have it face towards us, what we have here is really just a simple example of balancing yin and yang energies. So the palm that is facing towards you, for those of you that are listening, is an uh, expression of yin energy, which is all about going inward. So we have yin and yang just in these palms here. And what I wanna help people with is since we are uh, people that are working from home are suddenly put in a position where they are inside, uh, which when we think of our homes, our home is usually kind of where we go inward to restore. So it's that yin energy where we we're quiet, we, uh, we take care of ourselves, we nurture ourselves when we're inside the home. But, but now with the pandemic, we're having this outward energy of, well, I have to be productive and do my work at the same time, but I'm being asked to do it inside my home. So it's kind of a, for our mind, it's, well, wait a minute, how do I, home is usually where I restore and I feed myself and I sleep. Uh, and so how to look at how we can balance uh, these energies in the home, uh, so that's, uh... <laughs> I guess it just brings up a few questions. Um, what about the person who doesn't have an office space that they can just have full command of? Like, you know, there's a lot of people who didn't have a spare bedroom for, um, you know, that they can close the door and they are working, like say in their kitchen or, you know, just to cut out space in their living room or something like that, which is, I don't know, maybe a third of the people I talk to, you know, are working in that kind of situation. Um, a lot of people do like to close that door. So what would you say for someone who doesn't have a dedicated office space? What kind of things would you recommend they look for? Yes, very good question. So here we're seeing how, for example, in the kitchen, the kitchen is a very active space, right? It's where we cook. It's where we feed ourselves. There's lots of fire energy going on because we have the stove that creates the alchemy for the food. Uh, and if we're sitting there working, we want to be focused and productive and not be distracted by, uh, you know, food and eating, which a lot of times 
can be the case and affecting our work. So we want to see how we can separate those. Mm -hmm. And one, uh, one way that we can separate that, like you said, is a door. If we do not have a door, one of the things that uh, I talk about in the instructional video that I have created, which is called Getting in Command, Change Your Life, is looking at how we can create these uh, buffers and barriers so we can, uh, despite these challenges, be able to continue to be productive. And one example could be, you know, if you do not have a door, if you have maybe a room divider, something to give you a semblance of separation from that kitchen area, for example. Like a screen or something like that? Yes, because, so for, we'll, go ahead. Oh, I know in the past I had, um, you know, small children, uh, toddler and a baby, and we ended up having to block off a space using bookshelves that we attached to each other and to the wall and kind of made like an extra little room in the corner of a living room. And it was a good physical barrier, but it wasn't a good um, sound barrier. Right. Yes, most definitely. So when we look at how our senses are affected by this and we think about, you know, we want all of our senses to be, uh, you know, we look at what we're looking at, what we're hearing, like you're saying, um, even what we're smelling, you know, when we think about if we want to be really productive, uh, all of these things come into play while, you know, when we think our boss wants us to continue to do a good, uh, good job, we need to look at how we can have all of these in harmony. So yes, you're right. Sound comes into play here. Um, and, you know, you did create that. You created that buffer with the physicality, um, but then you're still dealing with the noise issue. And as we know, that mm -hmm. affects our ability to be productive if we're hearing lots of uh, exterior noise. And for me, it wasn't even just, um, you know, my energy level being affected. It was, you know, the accuracy of my work. Now, at that point, I wasn't on calls very often. I only rarely had, I was working for a male clinic. I rarely had to answer the phone calls of like emergency room doctors. Um, but just like maybe a couple hours out of a weekend. Uh, but I know for people who are needed to be on zoom calls, like, you know, four or five hours a day, you know, the sound thing is a huge deal too. Mm -hmm. What about the people who have, uh, that, that closed space, an office, um, an extra room, but which doesn't have to double as something else, what kind of mm -hmm. things would you, uh, recommend they consider as replacing everything? Yes. Yeah, so ideal, of course, we would like to have a separate space, right? So we can kind of pull away from those distractions of, you know, children, uh, other people in the household. Ideally, we would like that. Um, and, you know, just to kind of add a little more what you're saying about the sound issue, if we think about maybe um, noise silencers, maybe when people are um, having talk therapy and these kinds of things and looking at what can be some ways to help buffer sound if it's not possible to have that separate space, um, seeing how we can, you know, add something like that, for example, with the sound um, with the conflict we might be having with other sounds where we're working. Can you give uh, an example? Well, I mean, my thought comes to mind is, is these uh, sound, um, 
those uh, for therapy when they have those, it's kind of like a, you know, I think also for babies to help them. Yes. To help them sleep something to help you feel a separation from the other. Obviously we would like the people to just honor that we're working and try and to be quiet. But yes, as we know, like you uh, personally, by having children and all of the other millions of people that are working from home of seeing, well, how do I, you know, get my children to respect this boundary? Uh, I'm sure people have many stories of that. Um, But Mm -hmm. so, so yes, I would say, uh, you know, ideally, yes, to have a separate space. And so looking at people that do have this separate space, what, what we look at is uh, what is going on. So in feng shui, really, you know, to kind of talk more about what you were saying, what feng shui is, really to break down what feng shui really is about is we want to put ourselves in a position where our kidneys on top of our kidneys is the adrenal glands and our adrenal glands are what, uh, when we are in a state of anxiety and stress, of course they secrete cortisol, which helps us be able to be in situations to kind of be on the move and be alert. And we understand that we need that in certain times in life. However, if our body is in a constant state of having the adrenal glands being engaged, we know that that leads to adrenal fatigue. And so really in feng shui, no matter if you're, um, if you're seated at your desk, if you're standing at your stove cooking, which is also very important uh, in feng shui is about how you be able to provide nourishment for yourself. And then also the third one is our bed. These are really the three most important parts in our home. And so in all of these places, we really want to look at how our kidneys can be in a position of ease because it comes down to physiology. If your kidneys feel uh, nestled and supported, then that's going to allow you to be able to do all of these activities more easily. You're going to be able to work easier because your adrenal glands are not going to be constantly firing and helping you focus more on your work. So that's really what feng shui is about. How can I keep my kidneys in a position of feeling safe and supported? Because when our physical body feels safe and supported while we're seated at our desk, then we can just focus on what we're, uh, on what we're doing, on our work, rather than being distracted by things that are in our periphery. And So knowing that, knowing that we think about how can we have kind of a comfortable armchair view of what we're looking at, even though we're seated at our desk doing our work in front of the computer, we want to look at what is going on behind us to help our spine. And of course, since our spine houses our kidneys, we want to have that spine feel that it has, you know, and you know, as a mother, when we have a child that is kind of flopping around and not feeling very, uh, at least in Native American tradition, I know, and probably other indigenous traditions, is they swaddle the baby to give the baby a feeling of knowing that it's safe and supported. And we really want to look at the same way with us as adults with our spinal column, not that we're necessarily in a corset while we're uh, seated at our desk, 
but yet to have that feeling that the spine is supported by what is happening behind us. And, uh, and then also seeing what we're looking out at in front of us as well, to give us a feeling of looking at our senses and making sure that we are like, okay, I know what's happening back here. What's happening in front of me, what's going on in the sides of me. Mm-hmm. So we're talking like support of a chair and then like the visual thing that we're looking at. Yes. So looking at a chair, very good, very good point, April is so for example, back to the whole, the kidneys and the adrenals and our nervous system. So when we are seated at our desk, and we are in a chair that for example, if we fall asleep while we're working, for example, and your body, (laughs) which, you know, maybe people that work long hours. And so So your body wants to know that if that were to happen, if I were to fall to the side, that I would be supported in this chair. So we would look at what kind of chair are we using? Is this a chair that's going to be able to hold me up, for example? So that is affecting you while you are at your desk. You want to have something that has armrest. You want to have something that helps you to be able to lean back, something to keep you in that kind of nurturant baby energy, right? And then also then looking at what is in front of you. Well, that's a separate topic uh, that, uh, that's also just as important uh, as well. I, I've talked with people in the past who plaster the area in front of them with um, you know inspirational quotes and like calendars and plans. And I have considered doing that. And Mm -hmm. I have chosen to keep more of, uh, I guess a clean slate in front of me. I do have some chaos going on, um, in the periphery, Mm -hmm. but you know, behind me, I have this blue, uh, I guess it's just a curtain hanging in front of a wall for, Mm -hmm. to cover some electrical panel type thing I have back there for my internet. Um, to the side of my periphery, I have all sorts of, you know, tools that I used for when I was teaching full-time English. Uh, But right now, the only thing I really have in front of me is a list of my previous guests so that Mm -hmm. if I ever need to refer to, you know, a previous episode, I can look up at that. So what do you have in front of you when you're working? This is all very new to me. And like some of the things you've been talking about, I had no idea were connected with Feng Shui. Oh, great. Yeah. So, so yes, you know, what is happening in front of us has a huge effect. When we think about, you know, back to uh, Chinese medicine and what it really addresses, we look at the five senses, for example. So here we have our sight and our sight is uh, related for those of uh, that aren't familiar with Chinese medicine, uh, the five elements, which you know, I might be dating myself here, but there was a band that was popular, probably, I don't know, maybe in the seventies called earth, wind and fire. Uh, I know they had a popular song. I can't think of it right now, but in their title, earth, wind and fire, they're really, uh, you know, they're speaking to us as human beings because we are made of all of these elements. And so we can relate, uh, our humanity of knowing, you know, what it feels like to see fire and what it does when we are in uh, fire and then the emotions that come from seeing a campfire or seeing a candle. 
So I'm tying this into because our eyes in Chinese uh, medicine are related to the fire element. And so when we are seated at our desk and we are looking out, uh, we think about what our eyes want. We want to feel inspired in the work we're doing. We want to feel excited. We want to have passion. And that's what fire does, right? Fire lights things up. So for example, someone that's maybe feeling uninspired at their work, they're feeling really stuck and, uh, you know, no joyful, uh, no joy in what they're doing. So we would, maybe we would take a look at what is it that their eyes are looking at? What is something that can help them feel more excited? Uh, and so that's when we look at, uh, our vision of, you know, for people that are feeling stuck, you know, taking a look at, well, for example, I talk about this in uh, the video, Getting in Command, Change Your Life. If you're feeling stuck, a lot of times you may be looking at a blank wall. And what is happening here is our eyes, you know, when we think about our body as kind of like a ship and navigating where we are going uh, in our lives and new experiences we want to create. And for example, when we go on vacation and we think, well, what is that? Why do we want to go on vacation? What helps us, uh, you know, get that motivation to save the money and go on vacation? Well, a lot of it is when we think about what new things we get to look at when we're on vacation. And so that's new energy feeding into this area, helping us back to that inspiration and joyfulness, right? So we all want to be able to feel that. And what happens a lot of times is people sit at their desk and they feel uninspired and stuck by looking at that wall. And over time, that's gonna give you a feeling of, well, there's only one way to do this because the eyes are taking in this stuckness of this wall. Are you proposing art? <laughs> Yes. So uh, I, well, I go over it in detail uh, in uh, the video that I'm, you know, excited to share with people. Uh, that is one thing. So you look at, yes, what does inspire you? What can help your eyes feel that you have a choice? What helps you feel joyful? What ignites uh, this feeling of inspiration? Um, so it could be art, it could be uh, an open view to help you feel uh, that you have choices in life. Hmm. Because when our eyes see that there's choice, then we think, well, there's, there's quite a couple of ways that we can do this thing rather than just, well, this is the only way that you can do it, um, for example. I do not have a window. I have actually considered cutting one out though. Um, if this ends up being a long-term home, I might have to look at taking out this shelving unit that I have, like some, you know, permanent shelving unit, um, for the closet and cut out a window. It would be over the garage at least, but I could see out. Um, but that's expensive. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the meantime, maybe I should get like a calendar that changes like each month. So I have new pictures. <laughs> sure. Or, you know, you know, and then when you just look at like, what really speaks to you, what do you get excited about? And so I would say, you know, placing that near or above kind of in your sightline area to remind you, you know, for example, I know a lot of people have pictures of their kids, right? When, mm -hmm. you know, back when you would go into people's offices, uh, yeah. 
in, in regular life uh, out at work and thinking, you know, this is what I'm doing this for. This is why I'm working is to make my kids happy, for example. Um, yeah. What about um, your own your own office? What do you have in there? Yeah. So, you know, what I really want to, you know, kind of instill in people or help them think about so they can feel better while they're at their desk is looking at how you can kind of get the whole kit and caboodle of, of having all these feelings of, for example, um, you know, let's say that you have too much work and you really need uh, stability. So when we look at something to help you feel stable, uh, looking at, okay, stability has to do with the earth element, right? The earth is all about, we know that earth is a boundary. Earth separates water when we get to a, a lakefront, for example, and we see the water ends and the earth begins. So for someone, and I know I'm kind of citing your question here about what I have in my office, um, but I want people to think about, you know, what is missing in your, what is missing maybe in your career? Like, for example, like the stability, if you don't have stability, or maybe you have no order and the place is very chaotic. Um, you know, it makes me think about, let's say if you walk into a used bookshop, for example, and we all know that, you know, it has good things about it and it helps our uh, imagination. And, but as we know, if we were working in that space where there were just books everywhere and all of this chaos, it could leave us in a feeling of not being able to feel organized. And we know at work that we want to have that sense of organization. So as far as what I have in my office space, I think that we want to have, we want to get all five of these, which are these five elements. We want to stimulate our eyes with uh, pleasant views. We want to have our back feel safe and secure. That has to do with uh, actually the water element, which is really our path in life. So when we think about uh, for people that do have an office with a door, for example, that doorway is really, um, it's, it's, it's really kind of the mouth of the room. And it's also seen as actually the birth canal of the space. Because as we know, the birth canal is where things, you know, this is where the opening, where the energy comes into the office, for example. So we want, uh, we want to feel that this opening of the office uh, doesn't have any obstacles in front of it, right? When we walk into somewhere and we, we know when we walk into spaces that we don't like, if maybe immediately you walk in and there's, there's obstructions in the doorway, well, we think about, well, this is getting in the way of the productivity of whatever is happening in this room. So that's another example. Uh, and then looking at, like I mentioned, if you have a lot of chaos around you, we really need to look at the, the third element, which is metal. And metal has to do with, for example, think about a hospital or maybe an industrial kitchen. When we walk into a space like that uh, on a human level, we can relate to, okay, we know things are getting cooked in this commercial kitchen. We know in this hospital, very important things are happening. We're having, uh, you know, precision and metal and all types of instruments, which is much needed. But we know that if we were 
in our home, if we were to live like that with all this metal energy, all this kind of cold stainless steel, well, we wouldn't want that, would we? So we want to have just a certain amount of it to help us be uh, precise, you know, metal cuts, right? That's what a knife does. So that is where we would look at how we can have metal energy in our home office space uh, to help us with our precision and clarity. So I would also, you know, have people look at what is going on with your clarity. Are you having issues with not uh, feeling that you can really focus on what you're doing? Um, and how we could maybe bring in some semblance of metal energy. And that can actually be done uh, with mirrors because mirrors are shiny objects. But it's very important that we look at what the mirror is reflecting. That's just as important because if we have a, uh, a mirror reflecting clutter, for example, well, our eye is going to see double clutter. And you think about maybe a shop that has a cash register. This would be if they have a mirror in front of their cash register in a way that magnifies this cash register. Well, what is that going to do? That's going to give the mind the idea that it's doubling their income by having two cash registers, right? So we look at how we can use metal energy. I'll stop there just to- In your- in an office though, where would you want to point a mirror? Like what would you want to see double of? Yes. So, so for example, I would say, I do talk about this in the video. If you are looking at a wall and it's just a wall with nothing on it, this could be an example where if you place the mirror above or near your computer monitor. What this is going to do is it's going to help your eyes feel uh, that there's other possibilities rather than just this wall. And so, because our eyes always want to feel that there is an option, regardless of being in a small room, right? Uh, as you know, being inside a small space, our eyes still want to feel, even in that small space, that the eyes can look at other things. So I would say in this case, if you are looking at a wall, is to have a mirror somewhere near where your eyes get to see that is one example. Hmm. I would imagine that if I'm walking into a room where someone who has a mind for feng shui and has applied those principles, it would... It sounds like it would be rather minimalist, but can you change my mind? Is that right or wrong? Minimalist with uh, the example? Well, I mean, free of clutter, I'm assuming. Well, you know, the thing about clutter, though, as we know, too, you know, when you think about an artist or a cook or anybody that's taking out their supplies, like kids, you know, when they have their art class in school, well, we need to take things out, right? To get to get going on what we're doing. And so without any clutter, well, we can't really get a lot going. So we do want that feeling of being to take things out. What is the task at hand that we're working on today, for example? So let's get this out and look at it. So the clutter is, uh, there is a need for a, a certain amount of clutter to, to help us cultivate what it is that we're going for. Um, 
But when it dominates and we have too much clutter, like a kid's messy bedroom, for example, uh, you know, and how that affects children, you know, that's a whole separate topic. But, you know, the kids want to feel a semblance of I'm putting everything away, which is metal element. When we put things away, when we contract energy, that's what metal does. Metal takes things and contracts, which is what season we're in right now in Chinese medicine in fall, for those of you that understand the Chinese medicine cycle. So right now, when we look outside, uh, the way all the leaves are falling off of the trees, this is an expression of metal energy. We're moving from uh, the earth of the summer, right, where we had heat and, you know, pleasures of foods being harvested. And now that's kind of coming to an end. So we're moving into this kind of putting away, letting go energy. I am in Arizona. So our seasons are a little bit flipped, but we were talking before we started recording that you recently visited here. Does it seem like the seasons are the same north or south um, hemispheres wise? Or can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you know, and so that's another thing when we look at where we're living and how, for example, a place like Arizona, as opposed to maybe a place like Seattle that has lots of rain and seeing how, you know, that can be a challenge for people that have so much of that fire energy in a place like Arizona. So back to whole balancing these elements, these five elements, uh, which just to recap, we have uh, water, wood, which I haven't talked about yet, which wood has to do with new opportunities, new things coming to us like springtime. When we see new, new blooms happening, that's helping us as people to think, oh, what new things do I want to have come into my life? And then from there, we move into the fire season. And so thinking about Arizona, uh, summertime, fire kind of has an extra dose, right? In a way of too much fire. So we see people that live in a desert environment and having too many helpings of this fire energy. So how can they balance that? How can they bring in some water and helping to kind of cool that fire down? Uh, that, that is another thing that can be looked at to how to keep all of, and so really Feng Shui really shows us through nature, through seeing these cycles of showing that nature really is our best teacher. It's saying, well, it's time for winter now. It's time to go inward. It's time to, which is associated with the water element. It's about being still and using our wisdom and intuition. So knowing that it's kind of cueing us uh, and giving us a little push about what to really prioritize now in this season. So that's- I wonder, yeah. Oh, sorry. I wonder um, if- indoor water features are a thing like I know we were talking earlier about creating that sound barrier or maybe the white noise and I was thinking about like the tinkling of a fountain is that a thing most definitely yes so you know when we think about uh the vibration the frequency of where we are where we're working and of course we're affected by that we're affected by you know, people that work in environments where there's, you know, heavy machinery, lots of noise, you know, back to the whole kidneys and adrenals and what's this doing to our nervous system. So if we can hear pleasant sounds for our ears, our hearing to be able to hear things that are harmonizing, 
I talk about this in the video, uh, is looking at what are some sounds you want to bring into your workspace uh, that can help calm your nervous system, but also keep you stimulated. So a fountain is a good example. Uh, when you, you know, when you walk into a lot of Chinese restaurants and you'll see a fountain that has fish in it or something that is associated with uh, water is associated with movement, how things are moving, what's flowing. And so when we think about uh, energy that's moving in the space, we want to have energy moving. But what happens when it gets stuck, right? We know what happens when we feel stuck in life, we want a feeling of movement. But if things are moving too quickly, then it can be hard for us to focus. So we really, that's another kind of topic I wanted to talk about is in your space, how you can have a feeling of the energy moving in the right way. Uh, fire moves energy up, right? We think about a flame. So maybe if you want to light a candle before you start work and helping you think about what can I feel joyful about today? And this flame is reminding me, uh, even though it's a small flame, it's not a campfire, for example. Um, and then like you're talking about with this water feature, uh, which has to do with the water element and helping you feel pleasing sounds to help you feel more calm. Um, we were talking about fountains yesterday, like outdoor fountains. We were driving, um, I think to go pick up my husband from work. He had to work on site this week and we were down a car. <laughs> One of our uh, vehicles is in the shop. So uh, we we're driving by all these like banks and like big industrial buildings. And they had these huge fountains outside. And uh, we picked up my husband. We're talking about, it. we're like, why, why do people put fountains out there? And he said, it's also a symbol of um, opulence, like, you know, wealth, you know, to have mm -hmm. water, especially in arid cultures, mm -hmm. um, to show that you have water that you can <laughs> spare. Um, right. But it also serves a purpose. I think of like, you know, here locally, they're cleaning the water. And so a lot of it is like reclaimed water that they're um, treating. So it still has that kind of like blue <laughs> hue to it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the movement also helps keep things from being stagnant and like, you know, breeding grounds for mosquitoes and stuff like that. So yes. I and I think some of that indoors kind of works, maybe not. <laughs> You know, and so looking at that feeling of stagnancy. So when I think about people that used to go out uh, to work, so right, it gives you a sense of purpose. You're going out, you have a reason, there's movement happening. And then suddenly by this pandemic creating, well, this movement is going to stop. It's now going to turn inward. You know, at least in American culture, we're very much into always having movement, right? At least here in New York, where it's all about movement and going. And yes, there is a place for that. Uh, kind of when I talked about in the beginning about the yan and the yin energy, you know, the yan is about that movement. But if we're constantly moving, well, we know that we can't really stop to enjoy everything. So we know mm. that we need both of these. And so now, go ahead. You finish. So now, uh, even though maybe for a lot of people, it has been a struggle of, oh, how do I feel? Uh, how do I feel I have movement in my life if I'm inside uh, my home and there's not a lot happening? That's when we look at, okay, you may feel that there's not a lot of movement, but how can we, how can we 
back to uh, getting in command, change your life, the instructional video that I've created uh, is to look at, well, now you have an opportunity to position yourself at your work from home office space in a way that you feel you know what's going on around you by how you're positioning yourself, what you're looking at, helping you stay in command as your own boss in a different way than you were out working at the office and they just told you where to sit. So this is really, to me, I feel is a really great opportunity for everyone to really just take a take stock by this, this quiet inward energy that the universe and nature has shown us by this pandemic manifesting. Of course, we know it has been devastating uh, in you know many ways, as we know, but we have to remember, at least for me, in my opinion, and this is what Feng Shui is about. Like I said, is that nature is always our best teacher. So here, nature is showing us: yes, we're going to make all these people, you know, a big population work from home, and it may seem horrible, and I'm not used to this, but it's an opportunity to look look inward and look within. And to me, I think this is very much a gift uh, rather than continuing to go out and seeking things outside. I think that definitely has changed a lot of people's lifestyle, like not just short-term, but long-term. Like, you know, a lot of people have, in my opinion, seen the light and, you know, decided that working from home would work for them. But um, it has definitely just changed everything right now. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your own journey with working from home and what that felt like for you. Uh, you were doing reflexology. Um, I'm assuming you were out and about, um, were you going into people's homes at that time or did you have like a, an office that you would do that in? Yeah, thank you. So I mainly uh, worked actually in Midtown and Downtown, basically uh, staffing corporate health fairs. So I would go to different places all the time and different types of environments and see way, the way so many people are working, at least here uh, in the New York City area, which gave me more um, kind of uh, field work, so to speak, for feng shui and really looking at, um, you know, when we have a, a company, for example, that has hundreds of employees and seeing, well, they have to house them all and give them all these computers. And, and so I would see a lot of that and seeing of, you know, the challenges that these spaces are having with helping people be productive at their work, feel good about what they're doing, all of these things. And, uh, and that, you know, you're trying to do the best you can with a lot of people inside one room, but we know there's going to be uh, challenges with that. Uh, so that for me was a great way to take a look at really serving what kind of challenges people are having when they're out at the office and then seeing all the more reason of all those people that are suddenly really excited to be working from home because now instead of being kind of corralled in this way that these big offices do, they really get to uh, change the dynamic here. And so now that we see that, you know, how they're saying a lot of people are quitting and that things are changing. And, and so I, of course, you know, as a feng shui practitioner, really equate this to people have really been able to reevaluate what they're looking at and what they've really 
are prioritizing in their life rather than just being told uh, what to do and how to do it and this type of thing. Um, so yes, so that is mainly how I was, but for me, I very much enjoyed the work I was doing. Um, I, uh, love foot reflexology. I love helping people because it is related to feng shui because it's all about harmonizing our body. Um, because really our home is an extension of our body, right? So like I mentioned with the door, for example, your front door, I mean, you know, it, it is true. It is a type of birth canal energy. When we think about when we have visitors come to our home and we think, oh, we're so excited to have grandma and grandpa over or the neighbors or something. There's a feeling of welcoming in, right? This openness of things to come into our life. And uh, so seeing of how our home is a representation of the body. And so reflexology is that it's helping people see how to be healthier in their body. So for me, uh, but yes, no. So the shift of now, you know, that work has pretty much ended because of the pandemic. I mean, New York City, uh, honestly, it has, I have, I've never seen anything like it. It's really even a year and a half later, uh, it's quite shocking to see how Midtown and downtown is still uh, just quiet as a mouse, really, compared to before. And um, so for me, that's how I then came up with um, making Getting in Command Change Your Life uh, to offer for people as a way for me to uh, the direction I'm going in is helping people uh, virtually that are having problems with their office space and how I, as a practitioner, can help look at what are the challenges in this person's office space? How can we look at it to help them feel uh, more in harmony with this space, despite the challenges they're having. Uh, are you generally working with people who are working from home temporarily or permanently office workers versus entrepreneurs? That's a good question. I, you know, I think that, you know, you know, as being working from home for a long time that you see that you've gotten good at certain things. And so you, you, you know, you're like, okay, I've done this before. I know what I'm good at and looking at, you know, that type of person that's kind of, oh, Hey, this is old hat for me, as opposed to someone that has never worked from home before. And so kind of seeing that kind of the beginner's mind of, uh, as opposed to, oh, I know it all, um, that they both have, uh, they both have, you know, there's, there's always something for us to learn, uh, whether you're, you know, a pro at it or you're brand new to it. So I would say, um, you know, I would say a mixture of both because there's still people that, that are seasoned pros at it, but they're struggling with certain things, as you know, um, because the more that we kind of settle into something, we see, oh, well, this isn't working. This is a problem. And, you know, as a homeowner, uh, when we look at our space in general, what's a problem area in our home? And it's really, oh, that's really getting to me, that dark area in the house that we're not using or something like that. And so really seeing how well, this is something to be addressed. Uh, and so I think it can be the same way with someone that has worked from home for a while is seeing um, this is something that's still not working. It's kind of like a bug in your ear. So, and seeing how feng shui can help even these people. 
And what about you? When you had to start working from home, did you end up doing any like online consultations, like the Zoom meetings like we're in right now for the video? Yes. So, you know, and that for me has been such a blessing because it's opened up my uh, availability for people to help people that uh, live all over and doing these video calls and looking at their floor plan. You know, that's really what we do is we look at the floor plan of what is, what's going on with your office space. Uh, let me take a look at it. Let me see what the challenges are of just the mundaneness of the layout, for example. And so that way I can be of service to people that live, uh, live every live everywhere. Um, I mean, I consider myself, I'm a very personal person. I like to be out in the world, but I do understand that, you know, as we know, I mean, over this last year and a half, we've seen so many people on video calls. And so this, it has, it's, as we see it, it is also very convenient. It allows you to, you know, be interviewed in Taiwan or uh, something like that. And so it's really opened up uh, the world, you know, in a positive had, way. Had you been physically going into people's spaces and then needed to revamp? Are you having people um, take their camera and show you their floor plan, like just on camera? Or do you have software that you're using to have them like lay it all out and draw it or something? Oh, that's a good, that's a really good question with the software. Um, you know, I think that if people have an actual floor plan of, you know, some people have architectural drawings. I right. mean, that's ideal if they okay. don't. I think also when we look at the personal component of you, if you were to draw your floor plan and kind of uh, tune into your inner child uh, energy, when we think, oh, I'm not artistic or something like that, that there's, there's kind of a double meaning here when you do do that, because like I mentioned, how our home is a body. Uh, so we look at, oh my gosh, well, what's going on with this part of my body? There's this uh, very narrow area or this problem area. Uh, so I think that can be a way for people to, by actually drawing where they're living and seeing, whoa, what, what are the challenges? It can be a new way to illuminate that. But the program, uh, thank you for the, suggesting that because uh, that's something that I can look into if there's programs that can help people, uh, you know. Certainly like interior designs would yeah. probably have that covered. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I usually ask people, I know you work with people that work from home from probably a variety of um, situations. So I usually do ask people if there's something that you would like to suggest or advice or tips or tricks that you have learned in your time working from home that you would like to pass on to the next person to help their time be a little easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So tips that I have learned to help people better. Um, well, one thing that I think uh, I, I feel compelled to share with people uh, in this regard is um, looking at when you are going to sit down at your desk, for example, whether you enjoy your job or not. Some people really love what they do. Some people don't you know, the whole spectrum, regardless uh, of that, if you can come uh, to your desk when you sit down at your space um, and you can come with uh, a feeling of what new uh, good things are going to come to you today, 
Uh, one suggestion that I have for people, it sounds very simple, but yet it's very powerful because it uh, triggers our subconscious mind, which uh, basically between the ages of zero and three, when we think about this part of our brain, this back reptilian brain, uh, you know, in a child's development, supposedly that's cemented in between zero and three. And so if we can uh, get to this area and help things shift and move in positive ways, one way that we can is by uh, gesture of the body, because this reptilian brain area responds to gesture. And gesture by I mean is, uh, so for those of you that don't see me, what I'm doing is, is I'm holding my hands out in this position as if my hands were a bowl. And so I invite you to try it, April, if you'd like to, uh, and any other listeners, that as you have your hands in this position, when you're going to start your work day, whether you enjoy your job or not, what you're doing here, what you're helping your subconscious mind and reptilian brain to do, and also as mothers and fathers, but more so I would say mothers, is that when we hold our hands like this, what our body is doing is it's thinking, well, something's going to come to me. And so I am receptive to receiving something that's gonna come into my lap. What do I want to have come into my lap today in my job? What new challenges do I want to, to have come in? What new, uh, new things or how can I deal with this conflict that I've been dealing with? So the more that we can just be in this position of receptivity and receiving what's coming to us, then that way it helps us deal with if it is conflict, for example, the sooner that you can work through it and get past it. So that I would say is one trick uh, that I would invite people to try and, you know, give me feedback on that after you have changed your routine as you come to sit at your desk and thinking, oh, I don't want to be here. Try this, try this to see what it feels like to think, what do I want to come in to my day today and imagining it coming in into your bowl of receptivity. Thank you. That reminds me of my, you know, being raised in, you know, the Christian church, we would do a very similar thing, you know, receiving blessings and things like that. So it's a familiar gesture for me. Nice. Um, how can people find you if they would like to learn more about Feng Shui and find your video? Thank you so much. Yes. So I, I actually have two websites. Um, during the pandemic, I created uh, this work from home Feng Shui, which is wfhfengshui.com. And uh, that is just geared to this topic of what we're talking about. Um, and that's where there's a link to my video, Getting in Command, Change Your Life. Um, and then I also have another site that I've had years previous to the pandemic, which is more uh, general feng shui tips, not just about working from home, um, but all aspects of the home. And that one, um, you can find it on the work from home feng shui site is called Samadhi Feng Shui. How do you spell that? So Samadhi uh, is a Sanskrit word um, in Indian tradition, which means enlightenment. And uh, it's spelled S-A-M-A-D-H-I. And my thought in that was kind of back to, um, you know, the kidneys and the adrenals. And when you're in a position of feeling safe and nurtured while you're at your desk, while you're at your stove cooking, while you're 
in bed, all those three places, those three touchstones in the home, very important positions of power uh, in feng shui. So if in those three areas of your home and also the entranceway too, but we don't usually hang out in the entranceway, but it is a very important uh, part of the home. Um, that if we are in that position of safety and receiving, then we can re reach samadhi, which the translation is enlightenment. And so uh, we think about how if all of our needs are met, we have everything. Uh, you know, I majored in psychology way back in regular college. And so one of the, uh, you know, pioneers of psychology talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And so when you think about a child uh, being raised and looking at what needs are being met, of course, we want to make sure that a child is receiving all of these things. And then that will create uh, a self-actualized being, which is what we're all going towards. So that was my premise, is that if you feel safe and supported and in a position of command and power, while you're at your desk, while you're at the stove, and while you're in bed, then you will reach a feeling of samadhi, which is enlightenment. Is there anything else that you wish that I would have asked you about that we didn't get to yet? Final thoughts? Um, gosh, uh, I can't think of anything right now, but this has been so nice. Thank you so much for this uh, opportunity to share with you and your guests um, this topic of feng shui. And I am doing a special right now. So for those of you uh, that purchase my video, uh, Getting in Command, Change Your Life, I'm doing a half hour complimentary video consultation after you watch the video so I can provide you with uh, answer any questions. Um, so that is uh, something that... Uh, that I, I want people to know about. And can you just one more time spell for me? Is it S-A-M or S-A-N, Samadhi? Uh, Sam, S-A-M-A-D-H-I, okay, Samadhi Feng Shui. Yeah. But you can find the video and everything through the WFHFengShui.com. Yes, WFH, which is work from home Feng Shui. Got it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Megan. I'm so glad we were able to connect and... I think we'll call it. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much, April. And uh, I appreciate this time and, uh, and the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for making this service available to all, all of the so many millions of people that are uh, navigating their way through this uh, new reality that we're in. Megan found me through the website and just reached out. And I think you filled out the contact form and contacted me that way. So I'm glad you did. And if you want to be a guest on the show, you can also go to uh, my website. Yes, I work from home.com forward slash podcast forward slash guest. And there's a form you can fill out uh, to let us know a few things about you. And we'll go ahead and schedule. All right. Thank you, Megan. This has been Megan Burke with April Malone. And yes, I work from home and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.